Na Folchroifus Talk, you're very welcome to this Senior Times podcast in association with the HSE. Our theme is Keep Well This Winter. This is Mary Kennedy, and I'm going to have a chat now with Dr. Nuala O'Connor, who's a GP based in Cork. She's also HSE lead advisor for antibiotic resistance and infection control. And as well as that, Nuala is the Irish College of General Practitioners lead advisor on COVID-19 and antibiotic resistance. Since COVID-19 was declared a pandemic, she has been supporting general practice to adapt to new ways of working to ensure that general practice is a safe place for patients to be seen and for the GP team to work in. Dr O'Connor also works on patient education relating to reducing antibiotic resistance. Dr Nuala O'Connor, you are very welcome to our podcast platform. Thank you, Mary. Now, um, you have a special campaign that I think people will be very anxious to, to know about as we go into the, the winter. I mean, we're into December now and we've been covid I suppose, aware all since March, all through the spring and the summer and the autumn. And now we're heading into the winter and other, I suppose, other sicknesses may greet us. Absolutely. And that's why this campaign is all about trying to focus on staying well this winter. So um, you know, I think everybody's finding it very tough with COVID. Uh, thankfully, now we're having a little bit of easing of the restrictions, which means that we can uh, go out and about a bit more. But it's important that we know how to uh, mix with other people safely. But for the, this particular this next phase of, of the winter and heading in over the, the, the holiday period, it's important that you actually have a plan. So it's important just in case, first of all, in case you become unwell, uh, that you have all of the important contact numbers to hand. So if you don't drive yourself, you know, who's going to, if you have to go to see the GP, go to the out of hours, go to the emergency department, somebody pick up a prescription for you. So do you have all those numbers to hand? Do you know and have a list of your common medicines? And there's a, the HSE has a little downloadable form called Know Your Medicines. So you, you can download that and you can jot in the names of your medicines, what you take them for, any little extra tips maybe that your GP or your consultant has given you. Uh, it's also uh, important maybe to have a list of the common, you know, big things that, that sicknesses that you suffer from. So let's say if you have diabetes or COPD, blood pressure, whatever it is. And so you, you, you know a little bit about that just in case you become unwell. Um, now, a lot of people as well are, you know, nervous about maybe going to the GP or going safe to go to the hospital for a checkup. But if you have a chronic condition and you were due to go, it's important still to keep those appointments. I think a lot of people will be glad to hear and to, to hear what you have to say about uh, going to the hospital. But also you've given some very good advice already for people to have a, a really a to-do list heading into the, the winter months, isn't it? And this is all in conjunction with um, a campaign about staying well, which we have received booklets. And if people haven't, they will in the, in the next few days. Am I right? Yes, absolutely. So these are the little booklets they're called Keeping Well This Winter. And it's not just about uh, keeping well from the point of view if you have chronic medical conditions. It's for everybody in general. So uh, we've all been a bit hemmed in with COVID. So it's important that we all have a plan every day, a plan to keep active, 
Okay, so uh, to keep physically active, to try and get out, even if it's just for a little uh, stroll around the park, uh, something to keep active. It's important that we keep our brains active. So doing the crosswords, reading a book, listening, you know, listening to something that you enjoy. It's very important to have social contact. So we might be able to have the physical contact uh, with people, uh, but we can chat to people on the phone or on, in various video formats. So that, that social contact, I think, is very important for everybody, along with minding your medical conditions. So, you know, if you were due to have a checkup, to go and have that checkup, make sure you, you have your medicines in, that anything that you needed. So if you haven't had your flu or, uh, or pneumonia shot yet, you know, to go and have a chat with your chief help. GP about those things. On the point of uh, medicines, we do have prescriptions people have and they are repeat prescriptions. And I suppose it's important that uh, one shouldn't let them run out and to maybe get in touch with your pharmacy so that you can organise a repeat if you're not in a position to get out freely, you know, yeah. in, the, in the dark I, days of winter. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And the new thing is, is that we can actually email your prescription direct to your pharmacy of your choice. So if you don't uh, feel that you need to physically come in and see us, that you're feeling otherwise well, you can have a, a telephone consultation or a video consultation with your GP. And we can then email your prescription direct to pharmacy and somebody else can pick that up from you if you're nervous about going out. But it is safe, actually, to go to see your GP. Uh, we've adapted general practice uh, because we want to make sure that uh, anyone passing through uh, the surgery, that it's safe for them and they're not going to pick up COVID. So you, we, you phone ahead. Often people are waiting in the car park. They're called up. They come directly in uh, to see the GP. And we look a little bit different because obviously I, I'll have a mask on. I might have I might have have my face covered in a face shield and a gown and gloves and everything like that. Uh, so not too bad. I think when people are a little bit older, it, it scares the kids a little bit sometimes when they see us like that. I think Nuala, we've quite got used to that, haven't we? Uh, in the in the past six months or so. We're just attuned to using the sanitizer on the way in, um, not going into uh, maybe a, a dentist's or a doctor's until you're called in and, uh, and realising that uh, we're all in this together and that the GP is there to, to make you feel comfortable. Yes, absolutely. And just one other point on that is that if anyone actually... Uh, uh, is lip reading. If anyone is is hard of hearing or if they find that a lot of the time the communication, just to make sure to alert us to that because what we can do with that is we can remove our masks and we can just wear a visor uh, while we're having the conversation and then when I have to get up close and examine you, I can pop on a mask as well. So just, just important just to alert us because sometimes we're not quite aware um, how much people are actually lip reading. Mm, that's a very good point, isn't it? Because I know the target audience for uh, this particular campaign, you have many campaigns ongoing uh, within the HSE, but this is for uh, the older members of our communities who, who, who I suppose are like uh, maybe sometimes finding it difficult to be comfortable knowing that COVID is out there and realising that they might have ongoing conditions themselves. 
Yes, and it's one thing that we were very concerned about, uh, particularly in the first wave, because a lot of people did default from going to their GP, from going to hospital appointments. And then unfortunately what happened is that they presented later. So we have people presenting later with symptoms suggestive of cancer, suggestive of angina. Uh, so we really do need, you know, if you have anything that you're worried about, you can pick up the phone. You don't need to leave your house. You can pick up the phone and we can chat it through with you and make a decision as to whether or not you need to come in. But we can, we are open and we will be open uh, over the holiday season and uh, you can be seen safely if you need to be seen. You mentioned uh, phoning there a number of times and uh, it really is important to have your list of phone numbers, isn't it? Uh, easily accessible. It is, yeah, especially just in case you get sick. So you, if you suddenly become unwell, it could be in the middle of the night what are you going to do? Who are you going to phone? Who's going to drive you uh, to the out of hours or to the emergency department if that needs to happen? And I suppose as well, Nuala, um, having the, the phone numbers of family, friends, close to hand as well, because loneliness is a, is a huge factor. I mean, I've, I've had it myself, uh, you know, in uh, certain moments during lockdown. And if you can reach out and, and you know, make contact with a friend or somebody even that you haven't been in contact for, with for a while, it does make a difference, doesn't it? It does. It makes a huge difference. And certainly um, in general practice, we're very aware of the amount of levels of anxiety mm. uh, and depression that are out there. And not just from people who normally suffer from anxiety and depression. I think everybody, actually probably right across all age groups, but particularly I think older people because a... You many older people do have one or more chronic medical conditions, so they're in that they're slightly more vulnerable group. So they've been asked initially they're asked to cocoon. They're always the the the, the last to be allowed back to some of the the personal freedoms, and you know. It's, you know, we do know that age is one of the biggest factors in terms of having a worse uh, course of disease with, with COVID. What I would like to reassure people is that the vast majority of people, even people who are older, will recover uh, totally uh, fine by themselves at home. It, it'll be a flu-like uh, illness. Uh, so we do tend to hear a lot about the, the horror stories and, and, and the people who do badly. But just to remember, there is a balance uh, in, inside there. What's the situation, Nuala, with regard to um, like the things that we would associate with uh, winter, the flu, um, bad respiratory infections, which are non-COVID, um, are, are they likely to be, there's a lot of people saying they're likely to be maybe fewer this year because of the fact that we've had, we've had less contact with others and also because we're, we're masked up and we're using sanitizers. Is that a, a well, good news story? It's, it's this yeah, it's the silver lining of COVID, actually, <laughs> uh, because there's no influenza yet in the country. And in fact, normally influenza, it travels from the southern hemisphere to the northern hemisphere. But if you look at the worldwide flu reporting, there's actually very little influenza around because of, of, of what we're doing. Because the measures that we've taken, uh, we're taking to prevent the spread of COVID, it's to prevent any respiratory virus. Mm -hmm. So that would be flu. It would be a lot of the common cold. RSV virus, which causes the real chestiness in, 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 the, in the winter, the adenoviruses. And there's very little of, of those around. In fact, I think we may all be wearing masks a bit more in the winter from now on. And certainly hand sanitizing and, and you know, keeping our distance from each other, they're very important. But the most important thing is I think people realize that you need to stay at home if you're feeling unwell. 
and stop yourself spreading the virus onto other people. Um, and, you know, uh, children need, need, shouldn't be visiting uh, granny and granddad if they're unwell, because it's very easy to pass on these respiratory viruses. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're advised to stay at home if we have any symptoms of COVID, but really with any illness, you should stay out of uh, other people's way because, you know, they, they do pass one person to another quite quite easily. They do. They do. And if your COVID test is negative, then uh, the general advice is 48 hours after your symptoms have cleared that it's OK uh, to go um, out and about. And we have, you know, we do have some viral infections around, so not everything is COVID because as GPs, when we send off the tests, you know, we would be assessing people. And at the moment, only about 3% uh, of the people we send for tests that the COVID tests are positive. So they've obviously got other viral infections. Mm. And I think the other thing that we're realising um, is uh, how most of us can just get better by these all of these viral infections. In recent years, there was a you know, there's been um, a lot of tendency to become dependent on antibiotics. You know, a lot of people think that antibiotics are going to get them better faster uh, from from viral from infections. Well, but I know this is they, your area of expertise, so um, I, I, a lot of people will really be anxious to hear what you have to say about this. Yeah, well, so uh, antibiotics are very specific drugs. They kill bacteria and they are like magic bullets. I mean, you know, nobody wants to go back to the days before antibiotics because an awful lot of the big medical care that we do, you know, cancer care, large operations, you know, a lot of those are supported uh, and, and we're able to do a lot of the advances uh, because of antibiotics. But in recent years, we've had a growing problem with the superbugs, or you know, these multi-drug resistant bacteria. So I called uh, call COVID it's almost like the super virus, and we saw how quickly this spread around the world. Well, the superbugs um, have also been spreading around the world at a slower rate because they tend to spread on your skin or in your bowel. But every day um, in hospitals around the world, there are doctors who have patients with bacterial infections, and they have nothing to treat them. With. Mm. So we see now with COVID what it's like to have an infection going through our society with no effective treatment. Uh, you know, if you go into hospital with COVID, it's essentially fluids, oxygen, and hopefully your own immune system. So we don't want to go back to that. So bacteria are wonderful, but it's important that we take them, or antibiotics are wonderful, but it's important that we take them when there's a reasonable chance it's a bacterial infection. So that would be like a urinary tract infection, a chest infection. And you know, what we do know is that 94% of Irish people trust their GP to make that decision for them. So I think the key message is, you know, listen to your GP, get examined by your GP. But if your GP says to you, you know, in this instance, I think you can get better by yourself with your own immune system, then that's a positive outcome to a consultation. And in this, that, that instance, you don't need an antibiotic. And I suppose uh, it's also true that if you take an antibiotic when it's really not going to have benefits for you, it's not good for you going forward if you come into a situation where you do need one. Yeah. Well, I suppose there's, there's two effects. Number one, uh, if, if, if you don't need an antibiotic, first of all, you get side effects because one in 10 people get side effects. So you can get diarrhea, you can get nausea, you can get thrush. Uh, so you, you can feel unwell. And, and, and a small portion of people get what we quite serious side effects. So they can get um, you know, an acute allergic reaction. There's some strange side effects. Sometimes people get uh, bad damage to their liver. So there are side effects that can happen with medicine. So that's one thing, the immediate kind of side effects that you can get. But the second thing is that every time that we take 
an antibiotic that's not necessary, it contributes to uh, antibiotic resistance because it, it, there's a slight increase. And what that will mean is that in the future, uh, it may be that that antibiotic is not going to work. So it's not you yourself that become resistant to the antibiotics. It's the overuse leads to the creation of antibiotic-resistant bacteria. And another thing people often uh, get confused about, they think, sure, I never take antibiotics. Sure, I, I will be fine. Any of us, who, if you've never taken an antibiotic in your life, if you get an infection with one of these superbugs or um, bacterial-resistant uh, 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 drugs, it could kill you. So we're all mm. susceptible to it. Mm -hmm. So the, so the message the, is, go with what your GP recommends. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then if you, on the other hand, we often get people coming in saying, oh, no, I don't want an antibiotic. And I'm saying, and I have to say, well, actually, no, I think you really need it now. Mm. <laughs> so we could get the opposite sides. And then if you do have to take an antibiotic, it's most important that you take it exactly as prescribed. You know, you, you take it, if it's five-day duration or seven-day duration, do the five complete days. the course mm -hmm. and that you don't keep leftover antibiotics and that you don't share them mm. uh, with other people. Uh, and also that you don't buy antibiotics over the counter if you're abroad, although that is, most people aren't traveling now, which is a good thing. Uh, <laughs> but I think a lot of European countries now have, have stopped that uh, practice, whereas uh, about 10 years ago, a lot of people, if they went off to Spain, they'd bring home a box of antibiotics as well. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's strange, I suppose, for us to realize that uh, things that we can only get on prescription can be got over the counter in, in other countries. Yeah, no, it, that practice is changing now because Europe wide, it's, it's, you know, they're meant to be prescribed medicines. But sometimes in uh, other parts of the world, you can still buy them over the counter. But we, we would um, advise against that. Our health service is here for you this winter. And we're taking every step to protect you from COVID-19. Our services are open and working from routine appointments to urgent care. Remember to check your prescriptions and keep a list of your medicines handy. And look out for your Keeping Well This Winter booklet in the post. Visit hse.ie or call HSE Live on 1850 24 1850 for more information. From the HSE. Your free travel card can be used on all Expressway coach services. Despite restrictions, we're staying on the road. Whether you need to attend a medical appointment or for any other essential journey, remember to travel with Expressway. Expressway. Keeping Ireland connected. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times, the magazine and website for people who don't act their age. Or maybe you have a loved one or a friend who you know would love to read more. You can buy a subscription and have the magazine delivered direct to their door. To subscribe to Senior Times, visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash senior times. Here's your chance to win a top-of-the-range smartphone, a Doro 8050, designed specifically for seniors. Doro are market leaders in creating phones with clearer sound and larger text, one that's protected if it falls or can alert others if you do, and makes staying in touch with family and friends simple and enjoyable. Doro helped to make ageing an independent, secure and rich part of life. As you know, age is just a number. 
All you need to do to win a Doro smartphone is go to the website seniortimes.ie and follow the instructions. The lucky winner will be announced on the Senior Times Facebook page. Doro Phones, making technology easy for all. Say hello to our Premium Plus e-paper bundle. The interactive replica edition of the Irish Independent, Sunday Independent and The Hurled. Every paper, every day, delivered to your tablet, phone or desktop for less than €3.50 per week. Subscribe at independent.ie. Up close and independent. Let's talk, Nola, for a little bit about uh, people who are, you know, they don't have any symptoms of being unwell, but just like to keep ourselves well day to day uh, over the winter. You mentioned um, diet and exercise. Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, you know, every day it's important to have a plan. Mm. Uh, I guess, you know, that you need to get up. Uh, you need to decide, well, what what, what's, what are you going to uh, eat today? It's important to have a, a wide uh, variety of foods. Don't do anything very fancy, uh, but you have a good mixture. Make sure you get a bit of dairy, get a bit of fruit and vegetables, get a source of protein, and that can be um, a, a chicken, meat, uh, vegetable, um, you know, plant protein. It's often good to have a mixture. I often say to people, mix the colours of the rainbow when it comes to the fruit and the vegetables, okay? Good and idea. choose, you know, have a couple of different sources of, of protein. I mean, it's it's a billion dollar industry, the, 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 the diet industry, but really it's about having a little bit of everything um, not and not too much of any one thing. And it's okay to have something sweet every so often. And it's also okay to have, enjoy a glass of wine or, or a beer if that's, mm-hmm. if, that's uh, if you'd like to in, include that. It's all about moderation and, and mixing it up. Uh, the other thing is to, important to get active. So uh, get out for a walk every day, but you can actually even be active around the house, you know, because if you're, you know, when you're doing housework around the house, when you're you're cooking, it's anything that's going to get you mm-hmm. up off the couch, yeah. off the chair, and going around, you know, up and down the stairs. It's a funny. Trip around. It's funny yeah. you should say that because um, I was going up and down to the the attic there last week, taking down Christmas decorations, and I was wearing my Fitbit, and I couldn't get over the number of steps I had done at the end of the day just by having to go up and down the same boring routine. But it does it does all add up. Oh, it does absolutely, and you know, um, people often think that oh, we're going to have to go to the to the gym to do a complicated regime. Sure, you can just get up and down off your chair ten times. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. that's exercising. You uh-huh. you can take two bottles of water and start putting them up over your head, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, there's there's lots of ways of incorporating exercise mm-hmm. into your everyday routine, and actually the the, the booklet goes through some of those uh, 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 for you, just suggestions around around the house. Um, so we're we're keeping well. We're uh, making sure that all of our ducks are in a row with regard to medicines and things. Um, and but we we really do have to be very COVID aware as well, don't we? Just yes, not to absolutely. Um, I suppose ease off on the vigilance. Yeah, and I think especially coming into the the holiday season now, because, you know, most people will probably want to mix a bit more with friends and families. And I think what's important is to kind of make sure that you know how to do that safely. So a question that has come up to me in in the practice is patients have said to me, oh, your mum doesn't want to come for Christmas dinner. And uh, because she's nervous and I'm saying, well, look, you know, I can understand that. And at the end of the day, 
a, it's up to everyone to make their own decision about what they're safe with. But let's say you'd like to have, you know, you'll be allowed, you know, two households at, at, at Christmas and, and you, you want to maybe get some of the family together or you want to invite some friends. in. So there are ways of doing this in your own house that can make it safer. So the first thing is that no one should come if they're feeling unwell and they need to know that. Okay, that is, if they have any symptoms, they must stay at home. So when people arrive then, just inside your dormitory little hall table, you could have a little hand sanitizing station so that they can sanitize their hands. And I and you could also pop on a mask, particularly if somebody is um, in a medically vulnerable group, maybe for the initial part when people are mingling around that they would have a mask on. Then you need to show people where the bathroom is so they know where that is. And in the bathroom, just make sure that you have a pump soap so no bar ah, soap. Interesting. Uh, another idea is to put a little stack of just paper napkins so that people don't have a common little towel. Okay. 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 Uh, just just this little, is all little, good and info. Also, yeah. Yeah, and you could also put a little alcohol gel there. Uh Uh, And then just that people will be, you know, mingling around the house and maybe at the table. And, you know, they say you should all use our individual, you know, knives and forks. Well, we would use the individual knives and forks. But, you know, if you're having serving spoons, well, you know, you may not have enough for everyone to to use their own. But you can have hand sanitizer gel. And just people just use use the gel after after using. So you're just encouraging people during the day to to do that. The other thing is to, you know, you can open the windows for a while or maybe even change rooms. So, you know change rooms throughout the day mm-hmm. or you know, break up the party. Some people go out for a walk. Um, uh, you know, so there's lots of little things that you can do mm. just to, to make it safer. And also you can have your seating so that you can maintain the social distancing. So maybe put all, if, if members of a household, put the members of one household together, the other household, you might have two tables. Um, and if there's somebody who's particularly concerned or you're somebody medically vulnerable, you can just make sure that they're seated, just that they're part of the party, but that little bit mm-hmm. uh, distant from the party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all about keeping everybody comfortable and keeping everybody safe and yet still having a meaningful and enjoyable time together. I'm just wondering about uh, maybe family members who live abroad and that normally would come home for Christmas. What's your advice? Well, it is a tricky one, OK, because uh, when it comes to COVID, there's no such thing as no risk. This virus loves when people get together particularly when they get together indoors. So I think uh, everybody has got to make a decision about the level of risk they want to take and the importance of getting together. So let's say you're living in London, okay, and you'd normally come home. Uh, But somebody at home, maybe your mum or your dad, maybe is, is older and maybe has a chronic medical condition. So what you have to decide is, okay, Am, am I happy to perhaps put them at risk of getting COVID? Are they okay for me to come home? Right uh, now, there are ways that you can minimise that risk. So, let's say, for instance, you're coming from abroad. What you can do is the is the 14 days before you come home, you can take yourself out of circulation. So behave almost as if you had it so that you minimise the risk of you catching COVID. Then what you do is when you're travelling, you're very careful with your masks, your distance, mm-hmm. your hand hygiene. And then when you come home, the government advice as of the t- midnight on the 29th of November is that you uh, isolate uh, for five days and then you can get a PCR test on, on, on day five. And when the result of that is back, then you can... 
uh, you no longer have to restrict your movements. But you do still have to be careful because I think, you know, if normally when people come home from abroad, they, not only do they meet their immediate family, they usually meet all their friends. You know, they're out and about and socialising. You can't quite do that. So I think it's, it's, you've got to be careful that if you're coming home to see some special people, it's only to see those special people because otherwise you're going to put other, you, you, you run the risk of putting them at risk. If you, if, so I think everyone has got to make a, a choice and make a decision um, about what's the best thing for them this particular uh, uh, Christmas. Mm. And uh, just, you know, have a chat as, as a family and, and come to a decision as to what's best for you mm. and your circle. It's about, I suppose, thinking differently this year, Nola, isn't it? It is. I think it is about thinking differently. You, All of this is about um, thinking about getting together, but in a safer manner. Yeah. Even say you're meeting a friend for a cup of coffee, okay? So instead of meeting indoors, you could sit at a table outdoors, but then you get a bit chilly with that. So otherwise, why don't you just pick up a, a takeaway coffee and you walk? So you're getting your exercise in, you're having your enjoyable cup of coffee and you're having your social interaction. Which is so important to keep to as far as you can to keep the social interaction going, isn't it? Absolutely. Because mental because health been, is so important. That's one thing, a huge, huge surge in anxiety yeah. and, uh, and mental health issues uh, during COVID. Um, well, a, it's also even if you are feeling a bit anxious and you meet up with somebody and you realise that they're feeling a bit anxious as well, you know, um, it's it's encouraging and it gives you a little bit of a boost. I have to say, I, I that's what I've been doing, meeting a pal maybe for a walk, getting a takeaway coffee. And no matter how bad I feel going out, I always feel better when I come home. I just do. Yes. I know it. So it's 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 very therapeutic. Yeah. Um, Nola, what do you think of uh, the, 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 you know, the, the tracker app and things like that? Um, yeah, I think the COVID tracker app is a yeah. very good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can download that. And it, a couple of things, it gives you an update. So you get an idea about what's going on in COVID in your area on it. But the other thing is that it's particularly when you're out and about, if you happen to have spent more than 15 minutes within two meters of somebody who subsequently texts positive, what it will do is the app will ping and it will let oh. you know that you, yeah, so it'll let you know because you could still be very well because you, when you get exposed to COVID, uh, it, it takes maybe four or five days before you might start to develop symptoms. And we know that during that time, you could potentially pass it on to somebody else. So what the COVID app will do is it'll alert you to the fact that you may have been exposed to COVID. So you can take yourself out of circulation, protecting everybody else, mm-hmm. and you can contact your GP and you can organise uh, uh, to get a COVID test. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There are also um, agencies that are there, um, you know, to, to help. Like I'm thinking of Age Action. Um, I've, I've done work with them over the, the summer and they really are just so aware of people's needs and happy to help. Yes, there are. And there's a couple of um, helpful resources and uh, and contacts and contacts for minding your mental health as well that are actually in the booklet uh, to, in, in to, to reach out to. And the hsc.ie is also very good, mm-hmm. a huge amount of resources that are on that. And often you'd find on your own uh, GP's website, there'll be links to a lot of local resources. Um. So really, I suppose, to summarise what you've said, the, 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 um, the, the feeling that I'm getting from you is quite optimistic. We are having, I said, we haven't had influenza 
yet in this country. And, you know, that's, I suppose, as you said, the silver lining. Um, there are ways of staying well physically and mentally on a daily basis. And there is a plan of action that people can put in place, you know, just in case. And then also, you are so optimistic talking about um, getting together at Christmas. Yeah, I think, you know, I think there's a lot, we know a lot more now than we do yeah. in March. Yeah. So we know very much about how to how we can stay safe. We know about how we can interact with each with each other with other people safely. It just you need to keep your social bubble small. Yeah. So you can't have the big huge family gatherings. So you have to decide who are the people that are most important for you to maintain physical contact with. You can maintain lots of contact with other people via Zoom or mm-hmm. you know video mm-hmm. whatever other means that they are. And then of course on the horizon we have the hope of a COVID nineteen vaccine. Oh, tell us about that. We all want to hear about that from a professional Well, I suppose we don't know, um, we, you know, we don't know all the details yet, but what we do know is that, you know, the news is very exciting. Um, these vaccines are developed, being developed very rapidly. Uh, some of the results are looking very good, but I think it will be into the new year. Uh, but hopefully 2021 uh, is going to bring some really good hope with regard to vaccines. But they will take a while. They're just going to be part of the toolbox. So I think, unfortunately, all of the other measures, staying at home when you're sick, your mask wearing, you're keeping your distance, your hand sanitizing, keeping your social circle just a limited uh, a social circle. I think they're going to be the key measures moving forward. And then it will probably be towards the end of 2021 before there is a significant amount of immunisation has happened that that will have a, a, a bigger impact on the course of COVID-19. I, I've said that you you sound optimistic and I feel optimism from you. Are you optimistic, Nula? Absolutely. You know, um, pandemics do end. That's the natural history of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do end. Uh, I mean, when you think about it, compared to the the last major pandemic, the Spanish flu, uh, you know, medicine has advanced so much since then. And even already, even though we have had a lot of deaths, it's nothing compared to what happened then. So we have so much more um resources available to us now. So I do, I believe in the resilience um, of the public. I think the Irish public, we only have to look at Europe and see how well we are doing. That's for sure. You know, compared to Europe. Uh, The Irish public from the very start of this have really got on board and complied uh, with the measures. Um, yes, we get, you know, from time to time, we get, we get, you know, we've had flares, but that, that's the natural history of a pandemic because we have to keep the economy going as well. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so there's always a little bit of a, of, a, of a push and pull and a bit of a trade-off there. But we have stopped, we've had been through two waves. We have stopped our health services from getting overwhelmed. Sadly, we have had deaths, mm-hmm. but... I think without the measures that were put in place and without the fantastic uh, com- compliance and cooperation from the public, I think things would have been a lot worse. O- as they only have to look to Europe uh, and America to see what has happened mm-hmm. in other countries. Mm-hmm. So I think we just need to stay strong. I think we need to uh, maintain our resilience. Uh, and I think if we all work together, uh, then we can continue to... Uh, find our way through um, COVID-19 and come out the other end. And along the way, it's just important that we do maintain our spirits because there is hope. There are lots of things and we need to focus on what we can do uh, and uh, enjoy 
each other just in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I suppose a, a message that uh, going out from our conversation is that uh, it is important to stay well and to, if you are feeling unwell, to make contact with your GP and not to hold back. I have to say, I had occasion to go to a hospital during the summer um, and it was the most wonderful I won't say uplifting, but really positive experience. There's nothing but safety and security and people, you know, really um, pulling out all the stops to maintain uh, a feeling of well-being and safety and security. Yes, and and, uh, that's what uh, our focus has been, because we do believe that we can deliver healthcare at all levels in the community and in the hospital safely. Uh, even during a pandemic. And people should not be afraid to, to no, keep their medical they, checkups going. They shouldn't going be afraid. And, and yeah. Nula, for our listeners today, can we just, uh, I suppose, go back over uh, all the, the COVID bits? What do you do if you think you have COVID? Okay. So first of all, the, the, the main symptoms of COVID are that you have a, a high fever, over 38, a new onset cough, shortness of breath, or a loss of sense of taste or smell or a change of them. But actually, you can have any kind of symptoms of an infection, but they're they're the main ones. So if you think you have COVID, thing to do is stay at home. Do not go out. If you were due to meet a friend, don't go meet that friend. Uh, uh, contact your GP, pick up the phone, contact your GP. Your GP then will go over the symptoms over the phone with you and make a decision as to whether you need a COVID test. So if you have to have a COVID test, then what will happen is we will send an electronic request for that and you will get a text message uh, uh, onto your phone giving you an appointment at a community testing site. Now, if for some reason you couldn't travel to a community testing site, so maybe you're, you're looking after maybe a, a partner who's very elderly and frail, maybe you're too feeling too sick yourself, for whatever reason, we can also organise a home test where a member of the National Ambulance Service will actually come to your home and do, do your test. That sometimes takes a couple of, uh, a day or two longer. But while you're waiting for that test, you then have to stay at home um, and self-isolate. So self-isolate means that essentially you stay in your room because you don't want to pass the virus on to anyone else to your house. The other thing is that the people in your house while you're waiting for a test, they also have to restrict their movements. So they can't go to work or school or anything. So until you know the results of that test. So then if the test comes back and if the test is negative, then everyone in your house can go back to work and go about, about their business. But you have to stay and keep your movements restricted until 48 hours after you feel better. Then if it's COVID, and just remember that even if you're older, the vast majority of people still get better by themselves at home from COVID, just doing the fluids, the rest, the paracetamol, ibuprofen. And then you're confined for 10 days. So 10 days from when you started your symptoms, that's the period that you're considered to be infectious. In other words, you could still pass it on to somebody. But if it's positive, there's a change for the people in your house. So they then become what we call close contacts, which means they could be growing or incubating the virus. So then they need to stay at home and they are confined for 14 days. And uh, they will be contacted and scheduled for a, a test. They usually have two tests. And even if those tests are negative, they still need to stay at home for the full 14 days because they could be incubating the virus. 
And then you yourself, while you have your GP will be on training and they'll go through with you what are the symptoms and what to do if you start to feel more unwell. And in particular, the one we're watching out for, if you start to feel very short of breath. So if, if you have COVID and you suddenly start to feel very short of breath, that's when we really need to uh, talk to you. Uh, well, Nula, thank you so much for uh, for passing on all of that information uh, to our listeners today. As you say, the booklet uh, should be uh, making its way to everybody's letterbox um, by now, I would imagine, or in the very near future. And uh, I would like to wish all of our listeners um, a very, very happy Christmas, a safe Christmas and a uh, like a, a joyous Christmas and Nula you too um, and continued success to you with the work that you're doing um, on behalf of the HSE and uh, the antibiotic uh, resistance it's, uh, it's such an important topic thank you Mary and happy Christmas to you many happy returns <laughs>